Are you ready to unlock the true potential of your business? In this episode of Success in Mind, I'm speaking with entrepreneur Joseph Choi, who shares his journey of launching a Shelf Genie franchise and achieving his business goals. He highlights the importance of trusting your gut, building a strong team, and dropping your ego to ask for help. With expert insights on marketing, personal development, and finding purpose, this episode is a must-listen for anyone seeking success in their business. Joseph Choi grew up in Toronto and has made Vancouver his home for the past 18 years. After a long time in the investment and banking field, he made it a goal to change his career before turning 40, which he did at 38. Since then, he bought all the Shelf Genie franchise locations in the Lower Mainland and was given the moniker of the Cabinet Whisperer, winning both the Rookie Franchisee of the Year and Franchise of the Year in his first two years of business. At the end of June, Shelf Genie will be expanding into the Okanagan. If you're ready for whole life success, keep listening. Right. So I am so excited to have you here with me today. And I want to jump right into learning more about you. So can you just tell us a bit about who you are and a bit about your business? Yeah. um, Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, My name is Joseph Choi, and I am the owner of Shelf Genie uh, here in Vancouver. And Starting next month, we're actually going to be also opening it up in the Okanagan. So I'm quite excited about that. Amazing. Um, yeah. Um, I guess my story really started with my daughter. Um, I was in the corporate world um, for 18 years. And I, I got to the point where I just didn't feel like it was my jam. You know, just look around the office walls and I go, you know, is this really me at the end of the day? <laughs> and I really lost interest um, in the investment industry. Um, not because of I wasn't good at it. It was just one of those nagging feelings that, you know, I got more purpose than what I'm doing right now. Um, and the other reason was my daughter, um, one of my goals was because I've only had one child, I, I want to kind of spend time with her as much as I could. And so one of my goals right. was to actually um, be on all her field trips growing up. And she was three at the time. And so uh, I met a franchise broker and he kind of took me down this road of um, understanding, you know, you know, who I am as well. Uh, what I want to do. Do I want a brick and mortar or do I want to, you know, work from home? All those kind of questions. And based on an algorithm, it kind of spat out like five franchises that might be suitable for me. Cool. And funny thing was that he, uh, he said, I got this dark horse for you. Uh, it, you know, it just started like about five years ago and uh, it's called Shelf Genie. I went, hmm, okay, let's hear about <laughs> it. Uh, and, uh, and then they get you to do your due diligence uh, with all these different companies and they want to make sure that you talk to all of them. You're not just kind of like dead set on one of them. Uh, but in my stomach, I went, oh, okay, this one sounds really interesting. It's not just a digital marketing company. Um, and so I kind of dug around and I went, oh, this is really interesting. I've never even heard of this before. Like the possibility of doing pullout shelves uh, inside people's homes uh, sounded really interesting. So we kind of, you know, went down these uh, different rabbit holes. Um, and then eventually, um, I, I traveled to the different head offices and, um, you know, once you meet these people, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, it, it's something that's not real anymore. It's, it's literally an office. You literally go into this lobby at the full on kitchen with all these pullouts and everything. And it went, Oh, like I didn't get a chance to even meet the CEO. Yeah. I'm just like clinging around. Uh, <laughs> and then you, um, and then once you meet the, the people behind the scenes, uh, you know, their executive and whatnot, it's not like a really good fit. Um, nice. and so, you know, I wanted to kind of merge, you know, my time with work, but also merge my time 
with uh, my daughter because, you know, I'm a believer of, you know, life is too short. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I was leaving home at 6 a.m. and getting home at 6 p.m. And I went, oh, this wow. is the, the way to do it. I just didn't feel yeah. right. It didn't matter how much money was being thrown at me at the time. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, I was just kind of uh, embarked on this franchise where um, it didn't really exist in Vancouver whatsoever. Um, and so I went, um, uh, I went to get trained um, and just started being a student of the business. I, you know, asked me if I've held a hamburger before. Yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> asked me if I've ever sold a pull-out shelf. No, I haven't. Um, but, you know, like what was really interesting, what caught my attention when I signed the contract um, was that I attended their first, the, their conference um, before I was even trained. And they had this um, guest speaker. Her name was Lisa McLeod. And uh, she wrote a book called Selling with a Noble Purpose. Oh. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to read it, it was, it's, it's amazing. Um, and it's all about the belief system. And what she did was in her 25 years of research, um, she did a study on like, who are the best salespeople in the world? And what really draws them in to being really successful? And yeah. her conclusion was that um, she found the, the successful people were the ones who had a really strong belief system. It wasn't your mm -hmm. typical car salesperson. It's actually people who really cared about the people that they serve, meaning that you right. serve a servant's heart, right? And we, you know, we, we've heard that yeah. before, but it really hit home for me because I meant, man, I, I care about people. I love, mm -hmm. you know, I love making people happy. I love helping people. And even the people around me when I was asking uh, about this business, they go, yeah, I think this is like something that you can do because I want an impact for clients and I want the client to kind of come back to me years from now and tell me what great work, you know, I've done. Uh, and it could be anybody, right? I think that's what, yeah. we, what we really want. It's not just about the dollar figure. And I think when you kind of put that higher purpose first, you know, the, you know, the dollars start to roll in. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it all started. Uh, and uh, what was really interesting uh, was the franchise said to me, hey, well, why don't you uh, get a PR company since, you know, nobody's ever heard of this yeah. in Canada. And um, so I hired a PR company and lo and behold, um, the Vancouver Sun picked up my story. And, wow. and I, I told this guy, Gord, who's the reporter there, I said, Gord, like, um, I don't want to talk about myself. Like, I mean, I, I said, I, I flipped through the Vancouver Sun and in the business section, there's always this new business and it's about the owners and all that stuff. And I said, I just, mm -hmm. I don't think that's really good substance in terms of telling my story. I said, I'm, I'm going to wait until I can find a client that has the same belief systems I do as, as far as like what attracted me to this business. And so um, he met with one of my clients and he saw the work that, that I did uh, for them. And he just went like, this is just crazy. Like how, wow. how is this like, like possible? Um, and so, um, he wrote this two page um, article about my client um, uh, on December 31st. It was actually launched on December 31st. And um, it was something to the lines of, you know, cabinet whisperer, like something along those lines. He kind of coined me the cabinet whisperer oh, like, cool. right off the get go. And, um, and then we started our trade show season. And this was like in 2014. So um, right when our trade show started, you had all these people with this, these clippings of that story. And they brought it to our booth and he got, we, we read your story and what you did for Vince and Suzette. And, you know, they just went, oh my God, it was such, you know, and I think you probably still find it on the Vancouver Sun online. Um, but it was just so amazing just to see this traction. And so in, in that month of January, we booked like over a hundred appointments. 
Wow. And this was like our fourth month in business, right? It's incredible. So these little things that you start to build upon is, so that was a real springboard for us as far as, you know, getting some, some type of attention. Um, and so throughout our, you know, uh, our trade show season that we started off, um, we had uh, a lot of people still remembering that story. And eventually, um, Vince, my client, uh, he was the biggest skeptic of this business and he was the husband. <laughs> and guess what happens? He's a former CEO. He's retired. And he, he goes, you know what? I want to work for you. Wow. Yeah. He said, yeah, I want to work for you. <laughs> and so you know, he's, you know, he's an amazing guy. And, um, and, and so he started helping out at trade shows. He actually became one of my designers for a brief period. Um, and he even helped onto that newspaper. That was his, his thing. But every trade show he did, he always had that newspaper with him because it was him on that, in that picture with his wife. Right. And he was telling his story as well. And it was just, it was very magical when we first started off. Uh, yeah. right off. Um, and so um, we actually became the first franchise um, to hit a million dollars in revenue in our first 12 months. Wow, that's this amazing. Thing. Yeah. And so it was really, I never even thought I would even hit that mark ever, like ever. My goal was 250,000, to be honest. Wow. Um, was my, yeah, it was crazy. And so um, I think it has to do with, there's a culmination of things. I think part of it is motivation, the hustle, you know, just yeah. getting out there. Um, and I, I, I told my team as I was building it out, I said, you know, part of our year one is that we're going to learn. We might have some growing pains, but after that year one, we're going to celebrate regardless of what we've done. All right. Nice. But the main thing is that we're going to try to spread the gospel of this business because we are not a roofing company. We're not a window company. We are yeah. a company that's very niche, but we got to get out there. Um, and so, you know, I think the networking aspect helped a lot for me, uh, in my opinion. Um, I was, uh, yeah. if you know, BNI, um, oh, yeah. right. Uh, I was a serial BNI guest. I wasn't a member. I was, just <laughs> a serial, I was just going everywhere and just, just showing up and just kind of just doing that 30 second elevator speech. Um, and then just kind of going to the next thing, but I did end up joining a networking group. Um, and I have to say that really helped me a lot because you, you never know unless you ask for help, who people know. And I found right. that really fascinating. So, um, I've, I've learned over the years to ask for help because I tend to be the person who just wants to learn and just do it and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And I think if there was any tip that I could give anyone would be no matter what you are, where you are in business, always be curious and always ask for help. Oh, and I love that. And it's like literally dropping the ego, right? Because that's what it is sometimes we're building a business. I mean, we yeah. get kind of right because maybe the business isn't happening as quick as we want to. But sometimes you got, we can't even think like that. We got to think about who can, who's out there that can really help because it, human design, by human design, we want to help. When someone yes. is like drowning, right? You're, you're going to react. I know that's yeah. really expensive. But if you, <laughs> if you do ask for help, people are out there that are willing to, to lend a hand. It's not like they're opening up their wallets and giving money, but their advice is worth a lot. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Um, so whether it was like, you know, looking for, you know, trade show staff or looking for a design team and just building that out, um, all the way to even finding a trailer, you know, to house our stuff for the trade shows. Just, just all these little things. And so rather than having to reinvent the wheel with maybe something that was done already, um, usually each week I would ask a question deliberately just to see, just to feel the, the group, just to say, hey, like, I need some help, guys. This is what I have this month or this week. Nice. Um, and, and that way you just kind of chip away at these little yeah. things. Um, 
And and don't mind if I'm just kind of rambling along the way. Oh, no, no. As I'm kind of thinking about my past here. Yeah. Um, And um, I remember uh, seeing this guest speaker um, and uh, and, and I took something, every guest speaker, I take something away. So this guest speaker talked about the one thing. I'm not sure you've ever heard of that before, right? So, um, you know, again, the one thing is like, whether it's the one thing for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year, you know, you kind of like, and those, that is, it's, it's kind of like a to-do list, but a really refined to-do list. So, you know, there was one month I said, you know what, guys, I really need this. My goal this month is to hire a designer, not just any designer to fill a warm seat. I'm looking right. for a very specific person, like an all-star that I can make, either I can make into all-star or they have the proficiency and belief like I do to become awesome. So nice. And, and so whoever I bring on board, I said, you know, my job here is not only for you to just do this kind of work. I said, my job is to make you awesome. So the first thing I did was to actually become, I was the first designer in my business. So I could actually go and lead from the front. And then because all my designers can see my results just as much as I can see their results. So, you know, the, you know, the the frying pan is kind of getting hot here, right? And I'm going, okay, (laughs) I gotta, I gotta like step it up here. So in my first month, in business, my goal was to be an awesome designer. And so guess what I did? I looked at all the results in our system, like who in North America are like the top, top dogs as far as being a designer. And what I did was I just kind of called them up and just started getting these golden nuggets of wisdom just being thrown at me. Cause I, you know, I don't want to be them, but I think that some of the stuff they can impart on me can probably culminate into something really good. Um, so in my first month of business, we were just rocking. Like I was just my own designer. That's it. And then the second month I brought on somebody else. And then, you know, the next couple of months brought on somebody else. And I feel that when you ask the question of like, how do you get past a certain threshold as far as, you know, either revenue or income, um, in my world, anyways, I think that you do have to build out a team, Yeah. you know, like you can't yeah. do everything. Like I just, I just know that I would have been burnt out without the support of my team. And it's not just anybody, again, it's just people with the right mindset that works with you to kind of tow the rope and share that same belief system. And I think that's, you know, and and when you impart that, those kind of philosophies with your staff, and maybe they never, never heard of the stuff that I'm talking about, but when they start seeing it and they start believing it and they start seeing you in action, you're not just sitting on an ivory tower, but you're in the weeds with them. You know, when you start the business, especially, um, it, it builds that belief system that um is hard to um it's hard to take that away anymore because they've seen you in action they want to be just as awesome absolutely and i think that's that's such an important piece of it because so many starting out business owners that i see or the solopreneurs is that they they think that they have to do it alone right and i love that what you're saying is that you can't do it alone you're not going to get there on your own you need a team yeah Absolutely. Like, unless you're in a specialized field, of course, I mean, you probably, you know, could if you're a lawyer, maybe, or one of those yeah. things. But yeah. If you're a solopreneur, um, I think, you know, yeah, having, having the people do, you know, again, you know, you, you're not in your job, you know, you're, so you're not running your, you're not in the business, you're running your business. That's always in the back of my mind. Right. Yeah. Even my first year, I was like, you know, like eventually, yeah, I might sell this business. So I want to make sure it's set up so that whoever buys it, it's pretty turnkey, you know, when they take it over, there's a team in place, like all those kind of things. And I find that there's a lot of businesses out there that don't think like that. They don't think about, 
hey, I'm creating value while I'm using my time to build this business. How do I go about making it so that it becomes something that could be sellable in the future? You know, so it's not even just about the income necessarily, but you know, like I don't have a a pension or any of those Mm -hmm. things. So I need to make sure that I have something that I can use as a pension one day. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you were starting out, did you did you have a sense that this was going to work, that it was going to be successful or were you scared? What was going on in your mind at that time? That is such a great question. So I just got goosebumps because I remember (laughs) I was when I started, I heard about Shelf Genie, I was like, I asked a whole bunch of people. I went, you know, this is a business. This is how it works. And I was quite shocked how many naysayers there were about like, I don't know. Like they were like, I don't know about this business, like if this will work and all those things. But in my stomach, I went, I got to trust my gut. Mm -hmm. Like I really have to trust, trust my gut because there's a lot of people just kind of going like, don't spend your life savings on this because you're buying your franchise and all stuff. And it's true because some people, you know, you hear stories about people dumping in money and it's their life savings and it doesn't happen the way it should or should have happened. Um, but I really strongly felt about this business. And so um, I was scared. Yeah, I was scared to even sign the uh, franchise document because like the disclosure agreement was like this thick. It was like, I don't oh, know how wow. many pages I had to go through, but there was a lot of pages, all these things. And um, and so, yeah, you're like, you're literally going into a field that you've never done before either. And that's yeah. what shocked a lot of people because I used to be yeah, I used to wear a suit and all those things, right? Working downtown, all the way to a guy wearing a jeans and a shirt, right? Yeah. And people are like, are you, like, what's going on? Like, can you help? <laughs> Is this a midlife crisis? Is yeah, it's a midlife crisis. Like, that's, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, like, one, I, but all I have to say, like, one of my goals was to, to do something entirely different before I turned 40, was also yeah. in the back of my mind. So I always wanted to have my own business. But actually, my first business was actually a college pro painting franchise. Oh, wow. Um, in university, yeah. So I already had a taste of it. I didn't make much money off, um, but you know that was my fault. Um, but <laughs> you you learn from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was scary to to dive in. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are working their careers and whatnot that have this desire probably to take the mm-hmm. plunge. But I think yeah, just trusting your in, trust your instincts first, so that you do have this belief. If your belief is strong enough. I'd say go for it, you know, like, especially if it's a franchise, I say go for it because, you know, there's, there's probably a good chance that the revenue will come in sooner than later. Um, but as far as, um, yeah, like as far as fear, doubts, uncertainty, those all come into play. I mean, that's just a natural human instinct. Uh, but if you can kind of not control it, but I think if you can, um, harness that into something of more positive in nature and go, you know, I believe in myself. I believe what yeah. this is all about. I think um, it, it takes you further than being stuck in your own head and going, oh my God, did I make the wrong decision? Did I do this? Did I do that? Like you're just talking to yourself, right? And just really psyching yourself out. So um, so I try not to psych myself out. Um, I just try to just show up every day and just, just again, chip away at whatever I have to do to build this out. Um, and then just kind of prioritizing yeah. the things that are really important, again, for that week. Or for the day, am I going to pick up the phone and call five people and make that a goal for the next month? You know, and, right. and that kind of rule. Um, and again, another guest speaker that I, I heard from and he kept talking about this was, yeah, building habits and rituals. Mm-hmm. Just kept talking about that habits and rituals, habits. And I went, yeah, like it's not even just about yeah. the business. Like I got to talk about my own health, my well being. Uh, what do I do to kind of 
you know, maintain myself. And so, um, yeah, like, um, you know, like health wise, yeah, I, I want to make sure that I exercise and I take mm -hmm. care of this. This is the most expensive thing that we'll ever own is our own body. Right. Once that's yeah. gone, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you know, it's, you know, you're hooped in my opinion. Yep. <laughs> so you have to, you know, uh, like, would you trade if, you know, if your life was on the line, would you trade all the money that you ever made so that your body is in great shape? Right. So, mm -hmm. so I always focus on, I do focus on that. Um, and then, yeah, like, and, and then, yeah, just trying to find the right people, whether I have that interview a hundred people, I want to find that right person that again, has that same belief system and they're going to tow the rope yeah. just as long, just as much as I'm towing the rope. And the cool thing is the first designer I hired, um, um, had this belief system, had this fire in her. She actually became the franchise, sorry, she became the designer of the year in oh, Shelf wow. Tree, which has 60 locations in her first year. Amazing. Which is really cool. And, um, and, and with her contribution and mine, uh, we actually won the rookie franchisee of the year in our first year, wow. first in Canada. Uh, in our second year, we actually won the franchisee of the year, first in Canada as well. And it was just like that Amazing. momentum, just building, building, building. Um, but I think having a good check and balance with your team is important as well. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we're kind of all siloed, right? And yep. sometimes we need to have these conversations, even if it's through Zoom um, or even a coffee, um, because, you know, not every day is going to be perfect. And so even for, for our team, you know, they may have a down day. And sometimes you just need to have a chat so that their mindset kind of reframes a little bit. Um, and I think the mentorship is very mm -hmm. important. Um, and I even tell my team, I said, if you're moving on one day, you know, I want to still make you as awesome as possible. So wherever you land, you know, yeah. you're going to keep building that momentum in your life. You know, as much as I want my people to stay with me as long as possible. You know, the other thing, fun part, I think, of owning a business is that you can really impact people. Yes. Having your that you have on your team. Um, and, and so, you know, like, like I said, I, I, I want them to be with me for the long term, but you know, nowadays, you know, not everyone will kind of stick around for, for that length of time. But funny enough, uh, my two full-time installers are still with me since day one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And that speaks to the culture that you've created, right? That, right. That's, that they want to stay and that they, they must feel fulfilled. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, when you fine tune, processes and systems and things just start to hum and not everything is perfect of course but when it does hum you know it's like i'm passing the baton to you you're taking it you're running with it you're providing great service yeah. and we want to hear those great reviews online and building that reputation Absolutely. so that's the other thing to segue to don't mind if i if i do go, that but go for one it. of my goals was to um yeah have as many reviews online as possible because i knew even in 2014 our behaviors we're changing in terms of how we did our due diligence with products and services. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to make sure that I gave my team the best chance possible to go into a home. Um, and the fact that the client would have done their due diligence before they came in. And that way it's already kind of, you know, you know, half the battle's already won as far as building their trust. And it's not just kind of coming in cold and talking about who we are. They can Google us and, you know, they can see what people are saying about us, all those things. Um, so I, I, I made sure that we were diligent in either getting clients to like us on Facebook or writing reviews. Um, and so that way, again, yeah, it just builds a lot of trust and momentum, um, for, for future revenue. Definitely. Yeah. You'd mentioned habits and rituals. So yeah. what are some of the habits and rituals that you've implemented for yourself that help you to keep performing at your best, um, 
Like, what's a day in the life of Joseph Choi? What does that look um, like? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I was, you know, like as an entrepreneur, you definitely wear so many hats, right? As just like yourself, right? And um, each day is each day is definitely different. But I do, I have to say, my Google Calendar is like my second wife, so to speak. It does tell me <laughs> what to do uh, every day. I go through it, and I do have a to do. I do have a to do list. I try not to make it too long. But I do make sure that, again, there's certain things on whether it's a weekly, a monthly basis, I do on a regular basis, whether it's having a team meeting, uh, whether it is to call those five clients that I need to call, whether it is to call uh, once a month a particular franchise who I've never spoken to before and just introduce myself and just network. Nice. There's all these little things that, you know, um, again, it just becomes habitual. And, and therefore, after a period of time, it's just, it just becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's, I think that has helped a lot as far as, you know, framing when you wake up, it's not like, Hey, I'm waking up and I'm, I'm doing work right away. Yeah. I might be meditating. I might be, I'm doing lots of yoga right now. Um, and so I might be doing something first. Um, but then once I, once my mind is clear, then yeah, I just, I do get right into it as far as like, yeah, what, what do we have to do? And usually there, again, there's things that are reminders for me to get done first. Um, and then. Yeah, if my day ends at 12 o'clock, that's great because I've done yeah. a lot. Um, if I'm booked an appointment or I have to get out there to network, then I, especially early in the early stages, that's exactly what I did was, you know, drive to downtown Vancouver to the biggest BNI group uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, just kind of show up, so to speak. And that's I remember doing that quite often. Um, but eventually, yes, it, it is about um, just being relentless. I think having a tenacity to say that I'm going to build this out. I'm going to build a strong brand. That is my goal. I'll build a recognizable brand. And even to this day, you know, like I, I need to kind of spread the word of who we are because not everybody knows who we are. So right. I, I know I still have a lot of work to do. Um, and so whether it's, we just did an Italian Day Festival on Commercial Drive just a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And, and the cool thing is uh, actually like the people who kind of came by, you know, were some of our previous clients, or, you know, they've heard of us, they've seen us on TV or, or you know, commercials. Uh, and so it, I always kind of, when I'm talking to them, I say, oh, how, have you heard of us before? And, and that way, it's kind of like a nice little gauge as far as like, you know, if, if they haven't, all right, well, let's talk about what we do. And if they have, well, I think I'm, I'm doing my job. Yep. Yeah. Um, so in, in the day of life of me, uh, again, different hats, whether it is, you know, you, you, know, you got you to check your marketing. Like for me anyways, I, we spend a lot of marketing so as I mentioned, we do commercials now, uh, we do, um, a lot of direct mail, you know, I mean, we've got, you gotta like gauge your ROI on those things that you're spending. Cause I think over the years, what I've seen, even with shelf genie franchises and other franchises, I find that a lot of people are not as adept in marketing. And I find that that's right. a very key piece. Um, and my phrase is always, and I'm telling these other, I'm always saying to the other franchises, I go always ask the question, where are the eyeballs? Right. Yeah. Right? So if you follow the eyeballs, then your marketing should work. You know, when I go to a coffee shop, do I see a lot of people reading the newspaper in 2023? You know, not so much. <laughs> but in 2014, it was, and it was actually working for us. Um, we advertised quite often in the Vancouver Sun. Um, but at some point, um, we could just see the numbers and you had to pivot really quickly um, or else that money will dry up really quick, especially if you're here if you don't have as large of a buffer to pivot, um, people will close down really quickly. Yeah. So, you know, marketing is, 
quintessential in our world as far as you know how whether you'll you'll find success uh, and especially the way marketing has changed over the years especially going online like we we do now um i think you have to have some level of, of expertise to make those kind of business decisions and where to you know marketing I, like i said is a roulette table and you want to put the chips hopefully in the right places that you're banking on yeah. that but there's there's just so many options now that you know um i think you depending on your occupation or your business um i think you need to um be very good at um, knowing where to put your chips uh, from a marketing point of view. Yeah. So when you're looking at, say, how to prioritize your time or how to prioritize what it is that you're investing your energy into as a business, Mm -hmm. how do you gauge that and look at what you need to focus on? Yeah. um, So um, I I am a spreadsheet person. So I I have, um, I, I kind of like do the lay of the land. And like, do I go radio? Do I go TV or, and all those things. And like, what are the chances of, and, and so I kind of like, yeah, I I put all these different buckets in there, but I just try to choose like four or five marketing vehicles that I believe that will work it like in my point of view, because I've done enough due diligence. And, um, so I try not to spread the money out too thin, um, cause I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think, um, you know, having the key areas of digital, uh, some paper now. Um, and, um, yourself as a, also a marketing person to kind of get out there, especially, especially nowadays with the economy kind of being shaky. Right. Um, I feel that you need to build out a stronger round game and kind of getting out there and building relationships. Right. So one of the things that I, um, we just, uh, did recently was, yeah, we're, we're joining the professional organizers of Canada and we're going to be an associate member. We're going to go in and, and I know quite a few of them. Uh, which has been great over the years, uh, and they're a great referral source. But kind of know who your tribe is as far as your uh, referral tribe, if you want to call it that, um, and have a and 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 be very creative as far as how to create a win-win proposition. You know, maybe I I kind of uh, you know give back something for referring and and vice versa, um, and 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 kind of building that funnel, and then looking at another part and another part. Um, and another, another one I'm looking at is, um, looking into the over 55 communities, you know, oh, where yeah. are they, you know, where are they, um, do I, do I go in and grab a whole bunch of business cards to figure out, you know, who's the person that can open the door for me to do like a lunch and learn, you know, I'm thinking right. about those things, you know, um, because again, if, if, you know, we, I think we've all developed some low, level of attention deficit. And so our mind is going to go from one thing to another and you go, Hey, it's my turn. I want to, you know, show you who I am. Uh, then yeah. I want to be ready for that. Um, and then having those processes and systems in place that when the time comes, you can go and present and, and show who you are. And, and obviously being very authentic because I do want to help people right. live in their homes longer. Like that is my intent. And I want to have as much of our product in people's homes so that people will remember it and show it to their friends and family. So I don't care about how big the job size is. I do care if we can put our, some of our stuff into people's homes. And again, I want it to help them every single day. Awesome. Yeah. And what is it? I'm just really curious. What was it about Shelf Genie specifically that when you, when you were presented with this, that this spoke to something deeper inside of you? What was that yeah. thing? I thought about my parents. It's, okay. it's funny you ask yeah. I, I thought about my parents. I went, man, my parents would, you know, really like this. And I was thinking, man, like if they get, older 
you know, maybe they don't have to move in with me. You know, I've made it so easy <laughs> for them to, to, you know, DJ to their kitchen, you know, manage whatever, um, that, yeah, they don't have, they, they can just kind of live their life the way they want to live. Uh, and I was thinking about those things. And then I was thinking about all these people who probably don't even have any of this stuff who are bending down hurting their backs and their hips and whatnot, just to pull right. out that cast iron pan, you know? Um, and, and so when I'm visualizing like that, I went, oh, there's, there's something, there's something here. I just feel it. I just, I just feel yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, what is it for you that's, that you think gives you that mindset? Cause you have a, you have an amazing positive mindset, but where did that come from for you? Did you just always have that? Did you learn it? Um, I don't know if I learned it. I think, I think things that happened to you in the past, you know, creates who you are today. Um, but I think just being a student and just kind of learning from other people, really, um, yeah. I do listen to a lot of podcasts, um, and, um, self-help books and things like that over the years. And I think that's helped frame my mind because, you know, it, it's almost like it is, it is like having a coach, which, which yeah. is a great thing to have, by the way, uh, is to have a coach that's on your side that will make you accountable. You hear about all those things, right? And self-help, mm -hmm. you know, create your circle, find five people to be your board of directors and you hear all the, those things. But I think the execution is the difference maker when you're actually doing yeah. it, right? And, and again, putting whatever you're listening to into something uh, real, um, you go, wow, I just, I just told my, my partner uh, what I plan on doing. I want her to make me accountable for it. I just did it, you know, like that kind of feeling. Um, and so, um, yeah, as far as like having a positive mindset, I, yeah, I think I've always had that because, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. I came here, we came here when I was two from Hong Kong and, um, yeah, all we could afford were these plane tickets. That was it. Wow. And, that's how we got there. and we stayed at our uncle's for two years. Um, and I honestly didn't want, and I see, I saw my parents, you know, struggle, so to speak. Um, and so. I think for me, I just want to help. It goes back to helping. And yeah. Um, yeah, on average, I had two jobs in high school, two jobs in university, um, just kind of working. And I think through all this work experience, you kind of pick apart some of the things that may, may define you. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes we're kind of have blinders on, we're just working and working. And, you know, my revelation honestly didn't happen until I had Bell's palsy. I woke up with half my face paralyzed oh, when wow. I was five years old in Toronto. Um, and I was a workaholic. I got to the point where I was working so much. I didn't, I couldn't yeah. separate work from personal. Mm -hmm. And so that was my, my wake up call. Um, and then, uh, I read this book called, uh, Tuesdays with Maury. So oh, great book. Yeah. Right. And I bought that book for many people. Uh, it's a really easy read, but one of the things that Maury said to, uh, Mitch Album, uh, the author, he was like, if you're on your deathbed one day, what would you think about? Right. Would you think about the car that you bought, your certification, or would you think about the memories? Would you think about your family? Right. Yeah. And and that made me like go like, I gotta get out of Toronto. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna be that guy in my forties with the heart attack if but at this rate where I was going. Oh. Uh and so happened that an old boss that moved over and brought a bunch of us along to help start up this company. Um, and that's how it got me out here. I love the outdoors, all that it was it, it felt mm -hmm. like a the right fit the energy i guess the energy was there where it's like oh this is yeah. right for me. um and so yeah i just embarked on that um that journey like my 
my family, all my family was still in Toronto. Um, and I said, I got to do this, you know, so I did it before I turned 30. I was 29 at the time when I moved here. Um, and I'm 48 now. So, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's yeah. been an interesting, you know, uh, build up to kind of where we are today. Uh, but when I look back, I think it was the best decision ever, uh, because it definitely yeah. changed my trajectory, uh, with where things are at and having a kid doesn't having, having a child obviously changes that too, but For I sure. think there's milestones that, that hit you. And I think there's certain junctions in life that wakes you up mm -hmm. from just being, having blinders, you know, sometimes we get, we do have to get our heads out of the weeds and, and question things like, is this right for me? Is it about the money or is it about the experience? Like all those things. And so going back to Tuesdays with Maury, yeah, I took that one to heart and, uh, and made the move. Yeah. That's amazing. And so how is life now for you? You know, you mentioned earlier that you wanted to be able to, to take your daughter on all her field trips. Like, have you yeah. been able to create that lifestyle that you were looking for? Oh yeah. Like my daughter just, uh, Chelsea just turned 13, uh, last month. Um, but I mean, I haven't done a field trip with her in a while. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the times when she felt like, yeah, dad can come and dad is still cool kind of thing. You know, I did. I was the, I was definitely the mom amongst the moms, you know, like I was just, yeah. I was just, I was always there, you know, cause I want to see her grow up. I, I don't want to be contributing, you know, mm -hmm. to, to that experience and selfishly. Yeah. I want to be on that deathbed one day and be able to think about those things as well. Definitely. Yeah. So if you, if you had to do it over again, if you were starting this business from day one, is there anything that you would have done differently? Um, I think, I think starting, I think knowing your business and knowing your tax, tax laws and all those things. Oh like yeah. Stuff, right. Um, cause once, once you get into business and if you don't know that stuff very well, like you can have the government come after you in, in different ways. And, and we got slapped on the hand once with wow. that. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, we were charging PST basically. And they said we shouldn't have charged it. And then we remitted all the PST and they said, no, nope, nope, we get to keep that. I was like, well, I want to return it to my clients and you go, well, you'll have to tell your clients to come to the government and collect that. And I'm like, that's just crazy. Wow. Yeah. It was just insane. Yeah. Cause they said it was a very great area with our business because pull up shells. Anyways, long story short, they said that you need to just charge GST and, uh, that was a big learning lesson for me. I uh, I, yeah. And then the other thing, um, as far as, you know, you know, starting out, um, I don't think there's too much to change with my approach, I guess, but I think if it was for, um, anybody, it would be just to get out there, you know, know your geography, know where your clientele is. Um, and you know, um, you know, build out content so that you can develop trust as quick as you can, you know? Um, yeah. I think that's how we, we all transact these days is by doing our own due diligence before we, you know, we want to uh, do business with someone. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, let's just have no regrets with, with how, how Good. things have played out. Yeah. Good. That's great. Yeah. And any last words of advice for us before we, before we wrap up? Um, I think, yeah, just having the internal purpose, the internal why, um, you know, you just believing in yourself, you know, it, 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 it it's so true. Like, again, it's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm just telling this, uh, self, you know, doing a self-help right now, but it is so true. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. You know, like if without that, you know, you can have money rolling in, but you know, it, it, it's money is just energy. You know, it can come and go at any point in time. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, having that mindset to persevere and, and chip away um, would be would be my thing. And yeah, ask yeah, asking for help. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. I know I got a lot out of this conversation. I know the audience listening is going to get a lot out of this conversation. So thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode today, please leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. I hope you have a fantastic week and we'll be back again next week. Bye for now.